Chapter thirty three of Book One of Magna Moralia by Aristotle, translated by St. George Stock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter thirty three. It remains to speak about justice, what it is, in what, and about what. First, then, if we could fix upon what justice is justice is twofold of which one kind is legal justice for people say that what the law commands is just now the law commands us to act bravely and temperately and generally to perform the actions which come under the head of the virtues for which reason also they say justice appears to be a kind of perfect virtue for if the things which the law commands us to do are just and the law ordains what is in accordance with all virtues it follows that he who abides by legal justice will be perfectly virtuous so that the just man and justice are a kind of perfect virtue the just then in one sense is in these things and about these things but it is not the just in this sense nor the justice which deals with these things of which we are in search for in respect of just conduct of this sort it is possible to be just when one is alone for the temperate and the brave and the self-controlled is so each of them when alone but what is just towards one's neighbour is different from the legal justice that has been spoken of for in things just towards one's neighbour it is not possible to be just when alone but it is the just in this sense of which we are in search and the justice which has to do with these things the just then in relation to one's neighbour is speaking generally the equal for the unjust is the unequal for when people assign more of the goods to themselves and less of the evils this is unequal and in that case they think that injustice is done and suffered it is evident therefore that since injustice implies unequal things justice and the just will consist in an equality of contracts so that it is evident that justice will be a mean between excess and defect between too much and too little for the unjust man by doing wrong has more and his victim by being wronged has less but the mean between these is just and the mean is equal so that the equal between more and less will be just and he will be just who wishes to have what is equal but the equal implies two things at least to be equal therefore in relation to one's neighbour is just and a man of this sort will be just since then justice consists in just and equal dealing and in a mean we must notice that the just is said to be just as between certain persons and the equal is a relation between certain persons and the mean is a mean for certain persons so that justice and the just will have relation to certain persons and be between certain persons since then the just is equal the proportionally equal will be just now proportion implies four terms at least a is to b as c is to d for instance it is proportional that he who has much should contribute much and that he who has little should contribute little 
again in the same way that he who has worked much should receive much and that he who has worked little should receive little but as the man who has worked is to the man who has not worked so is the much to the little and as the man who has worked is to the much so is the man who has not worked to the little plato also seems to employ proportional justice in his republic for the farmer he says produces food and the house-builder a house and the weaver a cloak and the shoemaker a shoe now the farmer gives the house-builder food and the house-builder gives the farmer a house and in the same way all the rest exchange their products against those of others and this is the proportion as the farmer is to the house-builder so is the house-builder to the farmer in the same way with the shoemaker the weaver and all the rest the same proportion holds towards one another and this proportion holds the commonwealth together so that the just seems to be the proportional for the just holds commonwealths together and the just is the same thing as the proportional but since the work which the house-builder produces is of more value than that of the shoemaker and the shoemaker had to exchange his work with the house-builder but it was not possible to get a house for shoes under these circumstances they had recourse to using something for which all these things are purchasable to wit silver which they called money and to effecting their mutual exchanges by each paying the worth of each product and thereby holding the political communion together since then the just is in those things and in what was mentioned before the justice which is concerned with these things will be an habitual impulse attended with purpose about and in these things retaliation also is just not however as the pythagoreans maintained for they thought that it was just that a man should suffer in return what he had done but this cannot be the case in relation to all persons for the same thing is not just for a domestic as for a free man for if the domestic has struck the free man it is not just that he should merely be struck in return but many times and retaliatory justice also consists in proportion for as the free man is to the slave in being superior so is retaliation to aggression it will be the same with one free man in relation to another for it is not just if a man has knocked out somebody's eye merely that he should have his own knocked out but that he should suffer more if he is to observe the proportion for he was the first to begin and did a wrong and is in the wrong in both ways so that the acts of injustice are proportional and for him to suffer more than he did is just but since the term just is used in more senses than one we must determine what kind of justice it is about which our inquiry is there is then a sort of justice as they say for a domestic as against his master and a son as against his father but the just in these cases would seem only to share the name of political justice without sharing the nature for the justice about which we are inquiring is political justice for this above all consists in equality 
for citizens are a sort of partners and tend to be on a par by nature though they differ in character but a son as against his father or a domestic against his master would not seem to have any rights at all any more than my foot or my hand has any rights against me and in the same way with each of the members the same then would seem to be the case with the son as against his father for the son is as it were a part of his father except when he has already attained to the position of a man and has been separated from him then and not till then is he the equal and peer of his father now citizens are supposed to be on that footing and in the same way neither has a domestic any rights as against his master for the same reason for the domestic is a part of his master or if he has any rights as against him it is in the way of economic justice but this is not what we are in search of but political justice for political justice seems to lie in equality and peerdom though indeed the justice that there is in the intercourse between wife and husband comes near to political justice for the wife is inferior to the husband but more intimately connected with him and partakes in a way more of equality because their life is an approximation to political society so that justice between man and wife is more than any other like that between citizens since then the just is that which is found in political society justice also and the just man will be concerned with the politically just things are just either by nature or by law but we must not regard the natural as being something which cannot by any possibility change for even the things which are by nature partake of change i mean for instance if we were all to practise always throwing with the left hand we should become ambidextrous but still by nature left is left and the right is none the less naturally superior to the left hand even if we do everything with the left as we do with the right nor because things change does it follow that they are not by nature but if for the most part and for the greater length of time the left continues thus to be left and the right right this is by nature the same is the case with things just by nature do not suppose that if things change owing to our use there is not therefore a natural justice because there is for that which continues for the most part can plainly be seen to be naturally just as to what we establish for ourselves and practice that is thereby just and we call it just according to law natural justice then is better than legal but what we are in search of is political justice now the politically just is the legal not the natural the unjust and the unjust act might seem on first hearing to be the same but they are not for the unjust is that which is determined by law for instance it is unjust to steal a deposit but the unjust act is the actual doing of something unjustly and in the same way the just is not the same with a piece of just conduct for the just is what is determined by law but a piece of just conduct is the doing of just deeds when therefore have we the just and when not 
generally speaking when one acts in accordance with purpose and voluntarily what was meant by the voluntary has been stated by us above and when one does so knowing the person the means and the end those are the conditions of a just act in the very same way the unjust man will be he who knows the person the means and the end but when without knowing any of these things one has done something that is unjust one is not unjust oneself but unfortunate for if a man has slain his father under the idea that he was slaying an enemy though he has done something that is unjust still he is not doing injustice to anybody but is unfortunate the possibility then of not committing injustice when one does things that are unjust lies in being ignorant of what was mentioned a little above viz when one does not know whom one is hurting nor with what nor to what end but we must now define the ignorance and say how the ignorance must arise if a man is not to be doing an injustice to the person whom he hurts let this then be the definition when the ignorance is the cause of his doing something he does not do this voluntarily so that he does not commit injustice but when he is himself the cause of his ignorance and does something in accordance with the ignorance of which he is himself the cause then he is guilty of injustice and such a person will justly be called unjust take for instance people who are drunk those who are drunk and have done something bad commit injustice for they are themselves the causes of their ignorance for they need not have drunk so much as not to know that they were beating their father similarly with the other sorts of ignorance which are due to men themselves the people who commit injustice from them are unjust but where they are not themselves the causes but their ignorance is the cause of their doing what they do they are not unjust this sort of ignorance is that which comes from nature for instance children strike their parents in ignorance but the ignorance which is in them being due to nature does not make the children to be called unjust owing to this conduct for it is ignorance which is the cause of their behaving thus and they are not themselves to blame for their ignorance for which reason they are not called unjust either but how about being injured can a man be injured voluntarily surely not we do indeed voluntarily perform just and unjust acts but we cannot be said to be injured voluntarily for we avoid being punished so that it is evident that we would not voluntarily let ourselves be injured for no one voluntarily endures to be hurt now to be injured is to be hurt yes but there are some who when they ought to have an equal share give way to others so that if as we have seen to have the equal is just and to have less is to be injured and a man voluntarily has less it follows it is maintained that he is injured voluntarily but from the following consideration it is evident on the other hand that this is not so for all who accept less get compensation for it in the way of honour or praise or glory or friendship or something of that sort but he who takes compensation of some kind for what he foregoes cannot be said to be injured and if he is not injured at all then he is not injured voluntarily yet again 
those who get less and are injured in so far as they do not get what is equal pride and plume themselves on such things for they say though i might have had my share i did not take it but gave way to an elder or to a friend but no one prides himself on being injured but if they do not pride themselves upon suffering acts of injustice and do pride themselves upon such things it follows generally that they will not be injured by thus getting less and if they are not injured at all then they will not be injured voluntarily but as against these and the like arguments we have a counter-argument in the case of the incontinent man for the incontinent man hurts himself by doing bad acts and these acts he does voluntarily he therefore hurts himself knowingly so that he is voluntarily injured by himself but here if we add the distinction it will impede the force of the argument and the distinction is this that no one wishes to be injured the incontinent man does with his own wish what is prompted by his incontinence so that he injures himself he therefore wishes to do to himself what is bad but no one wishes to be injured so that even the incontinent man will not voluntarily be doing an injury to himself but here again one might perhaps raise a difficulty is it possible for a man to be unjust to himself judging from the incontinent man it would seem possible and again in this way if it is just to do those things which the law ordains to be done he who does not do these is committing injustice and if when he does not do them to him to whom the law commands he is doing an injustice to that person but the law commands one to be temperate to possess property to take care of one's body and all other such things then he who does not do these things is doing an injustice to himself for it is not possible to refer such acts of injustice to any one else but these statements can hardly have been true nor is it possible for a man to be unjust to himself for it is not possible for the same man at the same time to have more and less nor at once to act voluntarily and involuntarily but yet he who does injustice in so far as he does it has more and he who suffers it in so far as he suffers it has less if therefore a man does injustice to himself it is possible for the same man at the same time to have more and less but this is impossible it is not therefore possible for a man to be unjust to himself again he who does injustice does it voluntarily and he who suffers it suffers it involuntarily so that if it is possible for a man to be unjust to himself it would be possible at the same time to do something involuntarily and voluntarily but this is impossible so in this way also it is not possible for a man to be unjust to himself again one might look at the question from the point of view of particular acts of injustice whenever men commit injustice it is either by stealing a deposit or committing adultery or thieving or doing some other particular act of injustice but no one ever robbed himself of a deposit or committed adultery with his own wife or stole his own property so that if the commission of injustice lies in such things and it is not possible to do any of them to oneself 
it will not be possible to commit injustice against oneself or if so it will not be an act of injustice of the political but rather of the family type for the soul being divided into several parts has in itself a something better and a something worse so that if there is any act of injustice within the soul it will be done by the parts against one another now we distinguished the economic act of injustice by its being directed against the better or worse so that in this sense a man may be unjust or just to himself but this is not what we are investigating but the political act of injustice so that in such acts of injustice as form the subject of our inquiry it is not possible for a man to commit injustice against himself which of the two again commits injustice and with which of the two does the act of injustice lie when a man has anything unjustly is it not with him who has judged and made the award as in the games for he who takes the palm from the president who has adjudged it to him is not committing injustice even if it be wrongly awarded to him but without doubt it is he who has judged badly and given it who is in the wrong and he is in a way committing injustice while in a way he is not for in that he has not judged what is really and naturally just he is committing an injustice while in that he has judged what appears to him to be just he is not committing an injustice chapter thirty four now since we have spoken about the virtues in general saying what they are and in what and about what and about each of them in particular how that we must do the best in accordance with right reason to say no more than this namely to act in accordance with right reason would be much the same as if one were to say that health would be best secured if one were to adopt the means of health such a statement is of course obscure i shall have it said to me explain what are the means of health so also in the case of reason what is reason and which is right reason perhaps it is necessary first of all to make a division of that in which reason is found a distinction indeed was made in outline about soul before how that one part of it is possessed of reason while there is another part of the soul that is irrational but the part of the soul which is possessed of reason has two divisions of which one is the deliberative faculty the other the faculty by which we know that they are different from one another will be evident from their subject matter for as colour and flavour and sound and smell are different from one another so also nature has rendered the senses whereby we perceive them different for sound we cognize by hearing flavour by taste and colour by sight and in like manner we must suppose it to be the same with all other things when then the subject matters are different we must suppose that the parts of the soul whereby we cognize these are also different now there is a difference between the object of thought and the object of sense and these we cognize by soul the part of the soul therefore which is concerned with objects of sense will be different from that which is concerned with objects of thought but the faculty of deliberation and purpose has to do with objects of sense that are liable to change and generally all that is subject to generation and destruction for we deliberate about those things which depend upon us 
and our purpose to do or not to do about which there is deliberation and purpose as to whether to do them or not and these are sensible objects which are in process of change so that the part of the soul in which purpose resides will correspond to sensible objects these points having been settled we must go on as follows the question is one of truth and the subject of our inquiry is how the truth stands and we have to do with science wisdom intellect philosophy supposition what then is the object of each of these now science deals with the object of science and this through a process accompanied with demonstration and reason but wisdom with matters of action in which there is choice and avoidance and it is in our power to do or not to do when things are made and done that which makes and that which does them are not the same for the arts of making have some other end beyond the making for instance beyond house-building since that is the art of making a house there is a house as its end beyond the making and similarly in the case of carpentry and the other arts of making but in the processes of doing there is no other end beyond the doing for instance beyond playing the harp there is no other end but just this is the end the activity and the doing wisdom then is concerned with doing and things done but art with making and things made for it is in things made rather than in things done that artistic contrivance is displayed so that wisdom will be a state of purposing and doing things which it is in our own power to do or not to do so far as they are of actual importance to welfare wisdom is a virtue it would seem not a science for the wise are praiseworthy and praise is bestowed on virtue again every science has its virtue but wisdom has no virtue but as it seems is itself a virtue intellect has to do with the first principles of things intelligible and real for science has to do with things that admit of demonstration but the principles are indemonstrable so that it will not be science but intellect that is concerned with the principles philosophy is compounded of science and intellect for philosophy has to do both with the principles and with what can be proved from the principles with which science deals in so far then as it deals with the principles it itself partakes of intellect but in so far as it deals with demonstrative conclusions from the principles it partakes of science so that it is evident that philosophy is compounded of intellect and science so that it will deal with the same things with which intellect and science do supposition is that whereby we are left in doubt about all things as to whether they are in a particular way or not are wisdom and philosophy the same thing surely not for philosophy has to do with things that can be demonstrated and are eternally the same but wisdom has not to do with these but with things that undergo change i mean for instance straight or crooked or convex and the like are always what they are but things expedient do not follow this analogy so as never to change into anything else they do change and a given thing is expedient now but not to-morrow to this man but not to that 
and is expedient in this way but not in that way now wisdom has to do with things expedient but philosophy not therefore philosophy and wisdom are not the same is philosophy a virtue or not it can become plain to us that it is a virtue by merely looking at wisdom for if wisdom is as we maintain the virtue of one of the two rational parts and wisdom is inferior to philosophy for its objects are inferior for philosophy has to do with the eternal and the divine as we maintain but wisdom with what is expedient for man if then the inferior thing is a virtue it is reasonable that the better should be a virtue so that it is evident that philosophy is a virtue what is intelligence and with what is it concerned the sphere of intelligence is the same as that of wisdom having to do with matters of action for the intelligent man is doubtless so called from his capacity for deliberation and in that he judges and sees a thing rightly but his judgment is about small things and on small occasions intelligence then and the intelligent man are a part of wisdom and the wise man and cannot be found apart from these for you cannot separate the intelligent from the wise man the case would seem to be the same with cleverness for cleverness and the clever man are not wisdom and the wise man the wise man however is clever wherefore also cleverness cooperates in a way with wisdom but the bad man also is called clever for instance mentor was thought to be clever but he was not wise for it is the part of the wise man and of wisdom to aim at the best things and always to purpose and do these but it is the part of cleverness and the clever man to consider by what means each object of action may be effected and to provide these such then would seem to be the surroundings and sphere of the clever man it may raise a question and cause surprise that when speaking of ethics and dealing with a department of statecraft we are speaking about philosophy perhaps the reason is firstly that the inquiry about it will not appear foreign to our subject if it is a virtue as we maintain again it is perhaps the part of the philosopher to glance also at subjects adjacent to his main interest and it is necessary when we are speaking about the contents of soul to speak about them all now philosophy is also in soul so that we are not going beyond our proper subject in speaking about it but as cleverness is to wisdom so it would seem to be in the case of all the virtues what i mean is that there are virtues which spring up even by nature in different persons a sort of impulses in the individual apart from reason to courageous and just conduct and the like behaviour in accordance with virtue and there are also virtues due to habit and purpose but the virtues that are accompanied with reason when they supervene are completely praiseworthy now this natural virtue which is unaccompanied by reason so long as it remains apart from reason is of little account and falls short of being praised but when added to reason and purpose it makes perfect virtue wherefore also the natural impulse to virtue cooperates with reason and is not apart from reason nor on the other hand are reason and purpose quite perfected as regards being virtue without the natural impulse 
wherefore socrates was not speaking correctly when he said that virtue was reason thinking that it was no use doing brave and just acts unless one did them from knowledge and rational purpose this was why he said that virtue was reason herein he was not right but the men of the present day say better for they say that virtue is doing what is good in accordance with right reason even they indeed are not right for one might do what is just without any purpose at all or knowledge of the good but from an irrational impulse and yet do this rightly and in accordance with right reason i mean he may have acted in the way that right reason would command but all the same this sort of conduct does not merit praise but it is better to say according to our definition that it is the accompaniment by reason of the impulse to good for that is virtue and that is praiseworthy the question might be raised whether wisdom is a virtue or not it will be evident however from the following consideration that it is a virtue for if justice and courage and the rest of the virtues because they lead to the doing of right are also praiseworthy it is evident that wisdom will also be among the things that are praiseworthy and that rank as virtues for wisdom also has an impulse towards those acts which courage has an impulse to do for speaking generally courage acts as wisdom ordains so that if it is itself praiseworthy for doing what wisdom ordains wisdom will be in a perfect degree both praiseworthy and virtue but whether wisdom is practical or not one might see from this namely by looking at the sciences for instance at house-building for there is as we say in house-building one person who is called an architect and another who is subordinate to him a house-builder and he is capable of making a house but the architect also inasmuch as he made the house is capable of making a house and the case is the same in all the other productive arts in which there is a master craftsman and his subordinate the master craftsman therefore also will be capable of making something and that the same thing which his subordinate is capable of making if then the analogy holds in the case of the virtues as is likely and reasonable wisdom also will be practical for all the virtues are practical and wisdom is a kind of master craftsman of them for as it shall ordain so the virtues and the virtuous act since then the virtues are practical wisdom also will be practical but does this hold sway over all things in the soul as is held and also questioned surely not for it would not seem to do so over what is superior to itself for instance it does not hold sway over philosophy but it is said this has charge of all and is supreme in issuing commands but perhaps it holds the same position as the steward in the household for he is supreme over all and manages everything but it does not follow that he holds sway over all instead of that he is procuring leisure for the master in order that he may not be hindered by necessary cares and so shut out from doing something that is noble and befitting so and in like manner with him wisdom is as it were a kind of steward of philosophy and is procuring leisure for it and for the doing of its work by subduing the passions and keeping them in order 
End of chapter 34 and end of book 1. Recording in memory of Mitchell Edwards.